is the first, last Sunday of the month, <laughs> next week's the first Sunday, and uh, we're going to have our joyful noise. So the kids are all up here, and we're going to be taking up our offering. Uh, I'll go, Izzy's not here, she's in the first service. It was the cutest thing last month. You know Izzy, uh, Izzy Jones, that little girl? Uh, she, she would go around, she'd stand in front of absolutely everyone until they put something in. And she's only like this tall, so she can get more money out of anybody. So, anyway, uh, we're going to do this. Uh, uh, Twyla, are they, Twyla? Yes. Are they yes. singing first? or? have got to figure it out. Okay. Hey, guys, we don't do that. We don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah. Okay, so whatever the kids are doing first, let's go for it. Okay. All right.
for the children. Okay, kids, stop looking at the money. There you go. Uh, today we're going to stop a little bit, what we normally do. Uh, the first, the last Sunday in November, we have to have elections uh, for the offices in the church. So our president of the board, uh, Dave Stos, is here uh, to lead us in a little meeting. should be about uh, maybe less than five minutes. So Dave, take it away. As Pastor said, we vote now. Uh, we, it's a members only vote. So what I'd like for you to do is hold up your hand if you're a member, about favor, and the deacons will, will come around and get you a ballot, and uh, we'll mark those ballots. Um, before we mark the ballots, no, I'm okay. I'm voting. Before we mark the ballots, are there any other nominations from the floor? Hearing none, is there a motion to close the nomination? Is there a second? Then move and second to close the nomination. So whenever you get your ballots, you can go ahead and mark them. I'd like for you to fold them once, hand them to the outside of the aisle. Yeah. Or Wisconsin. <laughs>
Well, good morning, everyone. If you'd please stand for our call to worship. It's taken from Psalm 100, 1 through 3. Please say it with me. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Will you pray with me? Lord, we just thank you for this time that we can come together and worship you. And we just invite your Holy Spirit to be here with us. And we pray that everything that we do and say will bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come all you weary, come all you thirsty, come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water. Thank you. 
let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Father, let your kingdom come. Father, let your will be done on earth as in heaven, right here in my heart. Give us So I throw up my hands 
struggles. You know when we fall short, Lord. This morning, Lord, as we examine each one of our hearts, Lord, this morning, I just pray that you would bring to mind those things where we've fallen short, Lord. As we place those things at the foot of the cross this morning, we thank you for the forgiveness that we can have, Lord. Strengthen us, Lord, in those areas where we need strength. We thank you for this church family, Lord, as we gather together, as we, many of our personal families gather together this week for Thanksgiving, Lord. We thank you for each one that's here this morning, Lord. We thank you for the freedom we enjoy in this great country that we live in, Lord. Come out this morning, Lord, and lift up the name of Christ this morning. So we thank you for that. Pray for those less fortunate, Lord, around the world. We thank you for the hostages being released over in the Middle East. We just thank you for the blessings, Lord. We pray now as we go further into this service, Lord, that you would bless our time, bless Pastor, as he brings your message. Help us to truly be those hands and feet that you desire this holiday season, Lord, as we serve people in this community and around the world, Lord, as we share with others, Lord, the love of Christ. We also want to think of the ones that are going to Chicago this week for the packing party, Lord, and I pray for safety for them, Lord. A good trip. Thank you for that ministry, Lord. And now we just give you, continue to give you praise and honor and glory, Lord. We continue to serve us. In Jesus' name we pray. Good morning. If the pre-K kindergarten kids can go with Sharon haven't already left, this would be your time to go there with them now. You already left. Okay. Um, I hope you did have a good thankful uh, Thanksgiving. And it looks, I don't see any black eyes or anything, at least here, so I'm glad that's good there. So um, I hope uh, this season that you did get this, by the way, as well. Make sure that you grab this. We just finished our week one connect, so we're on to week two refocus. <laughs> Make sure you get those in the back there before you leave. Uh, this will be our time to greet one another then, and then we'll get into our announcements. I was gone this week, so I don't actually know what's going to come up on the screen All right, this morning. The offering will be
Tabor Tom here to share the announcements this morning. Pastor Ben has been on my vacation all week, so he called me in to come and to share the announcements. So here we go. The first announcement would be Wednesday. All Wednesday services will be starting up again with Pastor Dunton's Grove Ministry and Nicole Tong's uh, Women's uh, Bible Study and all the children's ministry. Tuesdays are Menden's Men Meet for Me. Meet at the Menden Fire Hall and uh, for some good old man meat. And then we will uh, have a Bible study following. Attention all ladies! Flourish Conference is coming up March 1st through 3rd. And uh, please sign up for the Early Bird Special before December 31st. We are also looking at updating the church directory. Um, if you have a photo of yourself and your family and you would like to replace that in the church directory, please do so. Or maybe you are a new family at Mount Tabor uh, and uh, like to be put in the church directory, uh, please give us your information as soon as possible. And you can download the church directory to your cell phone by going to the app or the website that's found in your bulletin uh, this morning. Also, youth next Sunday is Youth Sunday, and uh, if you are a youth and want to participate in it, please call Abby Gray. Maybe you want to sing a special song. Maybe you want to be part of the worship team. Maybe you would just love to read scripture, but talk to Abby, and we'll be able to fit you right in. And if you would like to have some Christmas gift ideas, the women of the church are selling gift cards to... Uh, organizations such as Walmart, Amazon, Texas Roadhouse. If you'd like to purchase one of those gift cards, come to the office and uh, purchase them there. Part of the proceeds go to the women's ministry at Mount Tabor. Also, one more reminder, this year's Christmas Eve service will be a Sunday evening. Christmas Eve is Sunday this year, so mark it on your calendar appropriately. And finally, we have some good news. Good news, good news, good news. Did you know that we made up 662 shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child? Well done, Mount Tabor! Now, it's time for Pastor Dunton as he shares God's Word this morning. Ben's on vacation, and you don't like seeing yourself on the big screen, you get Tabor Tom up here. So, <laughs> so anyway, um, turning in your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Got to make sure I'm on. One of my all-time favorite movies is called The First Night. K-N-I-G-H-T. It's a... Uh, about King Arthur and uh, Guinevere and Sir Lancelot and uh, the evil Maligant. It was uh, made in the, 19, the late 1990s. Uh, and the, the nice part about those types of movies is they aren't dated because they're taken from, uh, looks like you're in the 15th century or somewhere like that. It's, it's the battle between good and evil. The battle between good King Arthur that was played by Sean Connery an evil maligant, uh, played by Ben Cross. And 
The entire movie is focusing up to this one pivotal point. The point where there's a great confrontation between King Arthur and Malagant. The scene I'm going to show you today is that pivotal point. It's the point where uh, there was a trial going on, so all of Camelot was in one location. The judge was King Arthur. And during that trial, Malagant comes in with his, uh, his soldiers behind him. And there's an exchange between King Arthur and Malagant that I think is key to what we're focusing on today. Why did God make you? What's your purpose? And I want you to hear what King Arthur says compared to Malagant and what he says. My men control the city gates and every exit from this square. On every roof, I have men with burning torches. I have only to lift my arm and your golden city burns to ashes. I am the law now. You obeyed Arthur, and now you obey me. My people are unarmed, Malagant. If it's me you want, here I am. <laughs> Look at him! Look at the great King Arthur of Camelot! Ha! He's a man waking up from a dream. The strong rule the weak. That's how your God made the world. God makes us strong only for a while, so that we can help each other. My God makes me strong so I can live my life! Arthur says to you, serve one another. Well, when are you going to start living for yourselves? Now, this is the freedom I bring you. Freedom from Arthur's tyrannical dream. Freedom from Arthur's tyrannical law. Freedom from Arthur's tyrannical God. So, do you see the difference? God makes us strong for just a while, so we can help one another. And the next one is, and then Malagant says, God makes me strong so I can live my life. In other words, it's all about me. And I think if we were to look at our society and we were to look at what's happening in the world, that's really the, the, the crux of the problem, is that we are selfish individuals, we live life for us, and it's all about me. And the problem is, is that when it's all about me, we will never be happy. Uh, look at Facebook, and, and look at all that's on Facebook. I, I, I look at individuals, see, I, I got my brand new, I did this, I did this. And um, the young ladies taking pictures of themselves, because they, they want all the people to say, oh, you look beautiful, you look beautiful, oh, don't you look beautiful? Uh, tr trying to look at it yourself and get that affirmation from society. The only affirmation that we should really be looking forward to and looking for is the affirmation from the Lord. Especially in Matthew chapter 25 where he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. And if you look at Matthew chapter 25, the well done comes 
after you fed the poor, after you uh, gave water uh, to, to the thirsty, after you visited those in prison and those who are sick, after you minister to other people. God takes note of that. And so we, here we have Malagant. I'm taking over Camelot because it's all about me. And if you know this, this movie, or the rest of the movie, eventually King Arthur is, is killed. Uh, and uh, and Maligant is is defeated. So we're going to be looking at today our next candle. Our first candle was Connect. That was last week. This week is Refocus. And the candle is fo- refocused from me to thee, from me to others, from living a life that's all about me to living a life. That it's all about the Lord. So, do we see that in our society? Do we see that self-centeredness? And the answer is, of course, yes. Who works at Walmart? I mean, uh, did you work Black Friday? You poor soul. Um, and so, and another Walmart worker, she's not with us today, but if you were to ask them, how do people treat you in retail? And the answer is usually, how many times I did not get yelled at today? Or, talk to somebody that works in any service agency, and how they're being treated. Customer service, or or, or anything like that. We have come to the point where we are really treating people kind of bad, because it's all about us. Go to the airport. And see what happens at the airport, especially if your flight is delayed. Does anybody really want to get on an airplane if they're having mechanical problems? And yet we get angry because they're having mechanical problems? I'm thankful that I don't get on that airplane with mechanical problems. A number of years ago, I was actually on an air flight. And uh, we were coming back from Jamaica. We actually had finished a, a, um, a work tour. No, no, no. It wasn't a work tour. We actually went on vacation. There was our 20th wedding anniversary, 25th wedding anniversary. And um, coming back from Jamaica, and somebody on our plane uh, fell ill. And I saw the stewardess kind of going back and forth. Next thing I know, an oxygen tank goes and whatever. And... Uh, and the, finally somebody got on the, the PA and said, is there somebody on the plane that has any medical knowledge? Nobody stood up. I said, well, I guess that's me. You know, so I stood up. Fireman, EMT, all that stuff. Stood up and went back. And here was a Jamaican that did not take his high blood pressure medicine when he got on the plane. So now he didn't feel good. And so we're going up the East Coast right now. They had already given him a bottle of oxygen. They gave him a second bottle of oxygen. And I start do, taking uh, um, um, blood pressures on him, and it was sky high. Finally, a nurse shows up. She goes, can I help you? I said, what's going on? And she couldn't take Then I backed away. Well, she couldn't take the blood pressure because she's not used to taking it in noise. And then I took it, and we were going. Anyway, long story short, we got diverted. And the, and the stewardess came up, and she goes, um, what should we do? I said, I don't know. I, I, his blood pressure's not going down. He's getting worse. Well, I just talked to the black. I never went down so quick in my life. Anybody ever been in the Air Force? I mean, I, it usually takes 20 minutes for you to descend. 
we were down in probably 10. That's how quickly. And I wasn't buckled in. And I'm hanging on for dear life. And, and we finally land. We, we, we uh, land at Charleston Airport. Not Charlotte. Charleston Airport, which is like Fort Wayne. Here's the 737 on the tar. Everybody's looking at what's this big plane doing on there and everything else. Okay. So we get stuck there for another hour and a half to two hours. How do you think the passengers responded? See, that's what happened when it's all about us. Not the fact that there was somebody who was sick. I have a flight to catch. I have a story here of a lady where somebody was having an asthma attack on an airplane and they landed, emergency landing, and this lady stood up in the airplane and started screaming, this is ruining my vacation! We need to go right now! The stewardess says, ma'am, can you please sit? Sit back down. And she wouldn't sit back down. Well, her vacation was ruined because they kicked her off the flight. The police came in. She spit on the policeman. They handcuffed her and the whole plane uh, clapped as she uh, walked off the plane. <laughs> so much for a vacation. But when it's all about us, that's what happens. All about us. What I'm going to talk about today is... An, is an aspect of God that's going to blow your mind. It, it's actually called the incarnation. The word incarnation means deity becomes flesh. How can God become man? Not that God laid aside his Godship and became in the form of a man. It is Jesus being fully God and fully man at the same time. It, it, it blows your mind. How can that be so? But that's what we hold on to. Jesus, the deity, Jesus, God, man at the very same time. So turn, if you will, to Philippians chapter 2. And uh, we're going to read the scripture that talks about this. So here we go. Make sure. Let me get the right one more time. Maybe so. Let's see if I can get it going. No way. There we go. Come on. Doesn't want to. Let me try this. Oh, there we go. Got it. This one's not working. Okay, here we go. It went back. It went back. Thanks a lot. There we go. Therefore, if any... If you have any encouragement from, from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then take, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value others above yourself. Boy, does that go against what society is saying right now. It says value others above yourself. It means value your spouse above yourself. Value your children above yourself. It doesn't mean you let them do whatever they want, but it does mean they have tremendous value in your life. Do not, not looking out to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. Once again, that goes against what we're taught in our society. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset 
as Jesus Christ. Who, being the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. So we're going to get to the first point I want to get across about this Christmas season, about refocusing. And the first one is this. The story of Christmas begins with the Son of God abandoning his sovereign position. Meaning, he left heaven and came to this earth. That is mind-boggling. Because if you go to John chapter 1, this is what it says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing that was made has been made. In him was life, and the life was the light of mankind. So what it's saying is that Jesus was involved in creation. Everything that was created, Jesus was involved with. That means the cells in your body, that means the atoms, that means the galaxies, that means the universe. All of that, Jesus was involved in the creation. Verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So here you have Jesus, being God, becomes human. And the most magnificent thing is, when you look at the fact, what all he created. It is estimated that there are, in our galaxy alone, there's 100 billion stars. And Jesus created it. Not including the asteroids, not including the planets, not including all those other things that are out there. It is estimated that there are 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. And Jesus created that. In your body alone, it is estimated that you have 30 trillion cells in your body. You have as many cells in your body as our national debt. Isn't that amazing? The human body contains billion, a billion, billion, billion atoms. That is 10 to the 27th power of atoms that are in your body. The number of atoms in the world is summed up by the number of atoms in each element. It's 1.35 times 10 to the 50th power. Now, our mathematician can tell you how big that is. But I'm assuming that's pretty big. And yet Jesus created every one of those. And that's what blows your mind. That the one that created all that there is comes to this earth and spends time with us, lowers himself, leaves heaven where the angels and all that's created is focused upon him, giving him praise, glory, and honor for who he is, and yet he comes to this earth, humbles himself, and becomes in the form of a human being. The second story of Christmas is that the Son of God accepted a slave's position. He accepted a slave's position. So go to the next verse. Verse 7. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. Now, I disagree with the translation that's in your Bible. <laughs> okay. And I, here I am, this great uh, biblical scholar here. Because the word for servant is dulios. The direct translation of the word dulios is slave. I think that even 
demeans Jesus even more. What I mean by demeaning is lowers him, makes that transition from heaven to earth even more fascinating. Because he came to earth as a servant. The lowest human being on this earth is called a slave. A person who has absolutely no power over their life. They have to do the will of the master or they will pay a price. And so Jesus came and was a slave. Do you know we still have slavery in the world today? You know that? It is estimated that there are 21 or between 21 and 45 million slaves in the world today. Many of them are in countries such as Bangladesh, India, China. And they're in those countries uh, for two reasons. They're slaves for two reasons. One is prostitution. And the second one is cheap labor. How are we able to get our clothing and stuff so cheap? And so, and, and if you remember a couple years ago, we had it in Salina. And the purpose was not prostitution in Salina. The purpose of the slavery in Salina was cheap labor. You got somebody that comes from another country, they come in and they say, you will do exactly what we say or we will deport you. And so they found out that they had very cheap labor. Okay, so here's Jesus, he comes in, oh, and, and in the United States, uh, just a, a quick note here, uh, 58,000 slaves in the United States. Many of those are prostitutes, but also cheap labor. But it says, he, rather he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Meaning that he had total submission to God the Father. And yes, even total, somewhat total submission to humanity. Because eventually he went on the cross. So it brings us to the third point. The third point of the story of Christmas begins with the Son of God associating with sinful people. I could not even think of a very good explanation of this except for maybe this. Jesus sitting down with Hamas. And Jesus associating with Hamas. Because Jesus knows that there's value in each person. Even the sinful person, you have value in God's eyes. Because Jesus came and died on the cross for you. For everyone. Regardless of your past. And I'm thankful. Because I think if, if we were to really sit here and I said, tell you your deepest, darkest secret that you've ever done, you would probably sit here and go, Pastor, I don't want to tell you. And then I would look at you and say, but you're forgiven by the blood, by the power of Jesus Christ, are you not? Yes. Then, it's, then it means nothing. He died on the cross for you. It says, verse 8, And being found in the appearance... As a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. The word uh, for, in the found appearance as a man, is really uh, the word homomata, which, come, which we derive the word homo from. Homo means save. Homo sapien, uh, homosexual, 
all those, that's where we get the word homo from, which means the same. And so it says, Jesus came to this earth, and he was the same as a human being. God came to this earth, and it was the same. Fully God, fully man. So Jesus experienced everything that you experience. He was born of Mary. He worked. Had to have a job. He got hungry. He wore clothes, probably woolen clothes. I mean, anybody still wear wool clothes? Just itches. Here's Jesus wearing that stuff. Um, lived in Nazareth. Probably was bullied by the neighborhood bully. I mean, he got sick like we did. He was thirsty. He was hungry. He got tired at night. He got angry. He was so tired one time that he was slept through a storm on the boat. He cried. He grieved. He had to put sandals on. He had to wear undergarments. He had to do all of that that we, that we experienced. And I also believe he lost his earthly father, Joseph. So he experienced that grief. So he was homo, the same as us. To become obedient, even death on the cross, which leads us to the fourth point. The fourth story of Christmas begins with the Son of God adopting a selfless posture. He went on the cross. Pure selflessness. I don't know about you, but when I fully understand the cross, <clears throat> I don't know if I would really want to go on it, where he was beaten to a pulp with a whip, mocked and everything else, and yet he still went on the cross. The one who created the heavens and the earth, the one that created the very atoms that's in your body, went on the cross. That should blow your mind. Because there's one thing that I was always taught as a youngster, is you always respect those in authority. And so, I'm at the age now where my children are now starting to tell me what to do. I don't like that. Now, Dad, you need to do this. Dad, you do this. And I'm going, I don't like that. I had to do that with my dad. My dad was dying of a Louis body's dementia. And I don't know, anybody know what Louis body's dementia is? It's, a, it's just, it's a hor horrible death. And when we first found out about it, he was in the hospital. He went uh, 20, 36 hours without sleeping. They had a, a nurse that came in, or a, not a nurse, but somebody that watched him because he was so out of control. Uh, they, we came in the next day, he was tied down, and he was tied down because he actually beat up the nurse. She was all black and blue. So finally we went in, and we, we did all that we could. And I remember one time I looked at my dad and said, Dad, stop that! Now, he couldn't talk. But the look on his face was, You talk to me that way, boy? I'm your dad. You never talk to me. I'll never forget that look. And it was like, and then he, he talked in gibberish. No, he's gibberish. Give me what he was saying. I knew. He didn't even have to say the words he was saying. I knew what he was saying. And I can't repeat them. But I think about that when Jesus comes to this earth and we're telling him what to do. He comes to this earth and he's sharing the love of God and yet we're telling him that he's wrong. We even put him on the, we even beat him up and put him on the cross. And he didn't do anything wrong. 
But yet we still tell him what to do. Even, even in the church we still tell him what to do. I know what the Bible says, but... I know you're really not this way, Jesus. Really? The second one is this, or the last one is this. And this is, this is a neat one. Uh, the final point of the story of Christmas begins with uh, the Son of God abandoning his sovereign position, accepting the slave's place, approached the sinful people, and adopted selfish posture. And finally, he ascended the Supreme Prince. Now, in case you're thinking that the pastor's so smart, I actually got these points from John MacArthur. So if you look up, you'll find out that I was there. I, that's what the JM in your notes is. I want to give credit where credit is due. But, um, but, I, but this is what's so neat. Even though he came to this earth, he humbled himself. He then is exalted as supreme prince. Go to the book of Revelation. Just read the praises that go up. The praises that go up to Jesus. Because of the sacrifice he did for the sake that he came to this earth, the, 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 the fact that he was willing to be unselfish. And so now, once again, all of creation is praising him. All of creation is, is giving him glory. That he received before the incarnation, and now he hasn't even afterwards. We give him praise and glory. Now let's go to verse 9. This is what it says. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. And what happened to the rest of us? Kind of sneaky. Well then I guess I'll just have to read on my own. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I, I I get excited at this one. I really do. I, I always get excited at this one verse. Every knee shall bow. That means everyone, even the atheists, will bow. That means even Hamas will bow. Now, it's not saying that they're going to go to heaven, but it's just saying they will bow. And I also believe that every creature will bow. The great, mighty, blue whale. I want to see that. Polly, where are you? I want to see the mighty blue whale. Take me on vacation. I want to see that mighty blue whale. hundred feet long, gliding through the ocean, stops, and bows as a whale would. The, the mighty elephant stopping and bowing. It, 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 it gives me, as one person in my church said, it gives me goose, goose pimples. A time will come when everything will bow before the Lord, the Savior, Jesus Christ, because of this unselfish act of coming to this earth and dying on the cross for you. And so, that's the reward for, for that was his reward, the reward for humility. He was exalted. Jesus talks about that all the time, where the low will be exalted. He talks about it all the time. And if that's the case, then why can't we understand that true joy comes from selflessness versus selfishness? And it's because we are selfish human beings. We were born with a sinful nature. Why are people so angry in the United States now? 
It's because we've rejected Jesus. Why are people so selfish and angry, even in the family? It's because we've, we've, we've developed the idea that marriage is about us. It's not. It's about others. Especially when you have children. It's about others. The ultimate action is when we refocus our life from me to thee. From me to others. I can't remember if I said this in church or not, but I'll say it again. It is estimated that the way you have a happy marriage is 60-40. 60%, 40%. Where you give 60% and your spouse gives you 40%. Well, that's not too fair. Yeah, your spouse gives 60% while you're giving 60%. Because you always feel like your spouse isn't doing enough. Now, I disagree with that statement. I believe it's 100%, 100%, 110%, 110%. But it's the ultimate act of selflessness. When you are trying to be the 60% and you are trying to outdo your spouse. Now, I'm going to read some scripture to you and then we're closing up. Luke chapter 1. I want you to read, hear this because this is fascinating. It came to me last night when I was laying in bed. You always ask, when is the pastor's sermon done? About right now. In the sixth month, Luke chapter 1 verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She who is said to be unable to conceive in her sixth, is now in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Here's the next one. Here we go. What did Mary say? I am the Lord's servant. She said, I am the Lord's dulios. I am the Lord's slave. She was imitating what Jesus was about to do. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then, the angel left. So during this Christmas season, I want to encourage you to refocus your attention from me to thee. To refocus your attention uh, from me to thee, from me to others. And this week in your refocus on your advent, and and hopefully you, you did write that note like I asked you to last week. I did is anonymously serve or give to someone this week. Do something for someone 
that they don't know it's you and don't care if they get, uh, if you get the uh, accolades or not. Now, I might wait a couple weeks because I have an idea I've been wanting to do for a long time. And I think I'm going to do it on the week of Christmas. And I think I'm going to do it, and it's going to have to do with our retailers and some other people. Because I've always wanted to do this. I'm not going to tell you what it is. But I've already got something in mind. What do you have in mind to do for someone this week? And not just one thing. Do it for another. Do it for another. Somebody's on 127 with a flat tire. Stop. Help them. You know, if there's a retailer that's being chewed out by a customer, interrupt the customer. I've done that before. You know, hey, I got a question for you. And I push the guy out of the way. Well, not physically. Do something for someone. I, I'm going to close with this story. My daughter actually did this. And I didn't know what was going on. We had picked her up. And, and I believe she was coming back from Guam at this time. And I picked her up. And, and we were at the airport. And she looks up. And she goes, excuse me, Dad. And she runs over to someone else. And the next thing I know is she's holding this girl's arm. And she was a very attractive girl. She's holding this girl's arm. She goes, Oh, how are you? I haven't seen you forever. Da -da 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 -da. And we met in college, and she's talking about, and this girl's looking at her like, who are you? And I'm sitting there going, who is she? And, 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 well, come to find out, there was a guy that was trying to pick this girl up and wasn't leaving her alone, and my daughter saw it and saw how uncomfortable this girl was. So she acted like she knew her and got the guy out of the way. And when the guy finally left, she goes, oh, Thank you, thank you, thank you. God might give you an opportunity such as that. How does God want to use you this week? Refocus from me too. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for what you have taught us today. May all that we do and say bring you glory and honor. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
before we close off, we got two two items. The first one's an announcement. We need all these chairs and tables to move over, and the election results are coming up. How's that for fast results? <clears throat> well, Denny, you did it again. Uh, Denny got to, voted in again for a trustee. Um, Justin Belton was a, uh, voted for deacon. Clerk is Sandy Bornbacher again. Nancy Oberleitner again is um, our treasurer. Tracy Flores in charge of outreach ministry. Uh, Sharon Niles mission, mission ministry. Stephanie Mormon is our Sunday school superintendent. Assisting her will be Rachel Hayes. Nancy Etkin is Sunday school secretary. Assistant secretary for Sunday school is Maria, Mariah Belton. And the number one um, alternate for conference is Polly, followed by Terry Krogman and Paige Hart. So thank you for all those folks who are willing to serve, and let's just, as a congregation, keep them in prayer this coming year. But, um, mighty things might be done here at table. Thank you. Oh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, with your words have taught us, and guide us today in all that we do. Give us opportunity to share your love with others, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. God bless y'all, and like I said, if we clear off this side, that'd be great.